the while it looks unfamiliar, unecclesiastical, to eyes accustomed to stone floors and gothic windows, to marble effigies of local squires, this building is a more conservative reassertion of vernacular and even local tradition than most of its peers in France and Germany. Handmade, artisanal, another articulation of the English suspicion of the machineries of mass production which began in our green and pleasant land. It was one of the less pressing problems across Europe in the aftermath of that war. What to do about the smashed churches? To rebuild, as if there could be returned to the old ways, as if it were possible to resurrect what had been lost, or to leave the broken ruins as a memorial, or memento mori, as if we could never return to and never forget what was lost, as if the condition of mourning were to be made permanent. I was experimenting with ways of explaining some of this without sounding pompous, and wondering how much I was allowed to discuss beyond the material of the building and its contents. I was trying to remember not to write a book, and, suddenly, as how else, my phone rang. Mobile number, unknown to my phone. I went up the stairs as I answered. We always do, because there's not much reception on the ground floor, and so I was on the turn of the stairs, looking up towards the landing, just passing the photo of one-year-old Rose, staggering into the outstretched arms of eight-year-old Miriam on the beach at Port Leaven. This is Victoria Collier, she said, and it took me a moment to remember that she meant Mrs. Collier, Miriam's head teacher. Still, nothing lurched. Miriam must have argued once too often with her dim English teacher, or refused to tie her hair back, one of those venial sins invented by schools to forestall any real rebellion. She's forever getting detentions, courting them, There's been an incident, Mrs. Collier said, with Miriam. An incident. We found her on the playing field. She got clobbered, I was thinking. Someone hit her with a hockey stick or a lacrosse ball. I've always hated lacrosse with the balls at head height. Not that Mimi's given to cooperation with team games, but I could feel fear in my throat, in my ears. Miriam seems all right now, she said. She's conscious and stable, but she had some kind of faint or... Well, collapse. We called an ambulance, and she was out for quite a while, longer than they like, so they're taking her in, just to be on the safe side. In? Out? I was thinking. Like one of those weather houses you used to see, where the man comes out and the woman goes in when it's going to rain, or maybe the other way round. But while my mind was working on imagery, my body already knew what to do, and I was down the stairs, pushing my feet into my shoes picking up my car keys and bleeping the doors while I unhooked my coat. Can they wait, I said. If she's conscious and stable, can they wait ten minutes? It takes twenty, normally, in the middle of the day, with the traffic clear. I got there in eight. She was all right. That was the first thing I saw. In the cavern of the ambulance she was flat on her back, under one of those waffle blankets, and there was mud on her face and wires coming out from under the blanket, and a bleeping monitor, like that of a very early computer parked between her feet like a small dog, and she was very pale, and her face oddly swollen under an oxygen mask. But she was all right. She lifted the mask when she saw me. Hi, Dad, she said, and rolled her eyes the way she does when she can't be bothered to rise to Rose's teasing, as if the whole event was something of a farce. Sorry about the fuss. The mask hissed like a leak, like an emergency. I looked at the paramedic who was watching the monitor, watching the blood pressure cuff on Miriam's arm, puffing itself up like a flotation device. In the event of a landing on water, pull the string, blow the whistle. 
She gets a bit wheezy, I said. She does have asthma. Her mum, my wife, she's a doctor, a GP. As if that were our excuse. As if having a doctor in the family means you're allowed to ignore your children's symptoms, their incidents, until someone else calls an ambulance. Yes, said the paramedic, her blonde plait moving on her shoulder as she adjusted Miriam's blanket. That may be all it is. They'll just check her over at the hospital. We'll keep that mask on for now, please, Miriam. If you could sit down here, Dad. I'm not your dad, I thought, though later I would get used to it, to the way medics at the same time as being the deities of hospital life adopt the linguistic position of children. They're quite right. It doesn't matter what else I might be. Miriam's dad. I reached for her hand as I sat down, and she smiled at me, but she was remote under her blankets and wires, too far away to hold my hand. It was only when they started.